Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 96. Yeah, there is much to discuss in the opening of this episode because I'm going to be up front and say that yesterday I tested positive for COVID. So I am fully vaccinated. And uh, because of that new mutation, that new variant or whatever that's kind of spreading through the nation, um, they're starting to see, you know, people that have already been vaccinated are still able to get it. Um, It's still pretty rare, and typically people who do get it, it's called a breakthrough infection. It means that it's already kind of breaking through the the barrier, so to speak, of your vaccine. So uh, people that get the breakthrough infections typically have pretty mild symptoms because they've already been vaccinated. Uh, so far, that's the case with me. But yeah, <clears throat> still dealing with a bit of snot nose and stuff like that. But really, um, I've just I've been okay other than not having any sort of sense of smell or taste. Um, I was pretty achy with my body, you know, yesterday and, and the first part of today, but that's pretty much gone. But really, the things that kind of linger the most is even though I don't have much of a fever, I've just been sweating profusely <laughs> all day, and uh, I have had a pounding headache since about 3 p.m. yesterday, so we're going on like 30 straight hours of pounding headache, and the medicine does nothing for that, so I just kind of have to deal with that until it goes away. So yes, it doesn't help that Texas is fucking stupid, and uh, even though we have not reached our vaccine goal, and probably never will, because there's enough freaking idiots here that just don't want to do it, um, they lifted the mask you know, mandate back in June, so even though there's a ton of unvaccinated people here, nobody has to wear a mask anymore. And so nobody does wear a mask anymore, except for me, apparently. I wear my mask everywhere. And I'm super careful, and I still caught it. So, yeah, stay vigilant, people. That's my message here. Even if you've already been vaccinated since that variant is going around, just keep wearing the mask just a little longer just to keep yourself safe. So, really, the biggest thing for me is trying to make sure my kid doesn't get it. Uh, He's with his mother this week. I was supposed to be picking him up on Sunday so he can have a week with me. But I can't do that now until I've uh, I've had some negative, you know, tests and things like that. So um, he'll probably be staying with his mother for most of next week as well. But it is what it is. I dealt with this back in November when his mother had COVID. <laughs> so we just got to go with the flow, adjust on the fly, and then everything will kind of work itself out in the end as long as we can keep that little man safe. So yes, that's my medical rant to start things off. But I'm feeling well enough to sit in front of a microphone and speak for an hour. So, I mean, just know that I'm sweating my ass off while I'm talking. But I'm here for you. If I say I'm going to do an episode every two weeks, then damn it, I'm going to deliver. So here we go. Hopefully the uh, computer won't freeze up on me here since I've been talking so long. But... Let's kick things off with a band that formed in 97, initially as kind of a side project, and then kind of became uh, the full-time project. 
Out of the USA and Florida, this is Hate Eternal, and this started as the side project of Eric Rutan from Morbid Angel, whenever he was still in Morbid Angel. And um, he's just kind of kept it going ever since. Um, of course, now he is in Cannibal Corpse as well, but I don't believe that that is going to have any sort of impact on, uh, on Hate Eternal. Haney Turtle doesn't really tour much these days anyways, so from a live standpoint, it probably won't make that much of a difference, and I imagine that he still is writing uh, material for Haney Turtle. But I'm going to play something off of their third album. They have seven now. Uh, third album is called I, Monarch, and it came out in 2005 through Earache Records, and this one reminds me of basically when I was fresh out of high school and uh, beginning uh, community college. I had purchased this album um, not long after it came out, and I just wore it out because Derek Roddy's drumming is so impressive, um, just from a speed and stamina standpoint, of course, but there's so much creativity in there. He really is a, a special drummer, and um, that's the standout feature for me on this whole record. But the production is great. Their production has been kind of sketchy on every album, but this one is probably my favorite production out of all of them. But... Um, but yeah, the songs are great and memorable, and I just have a real soft spot for this record. So here we go, kicking things off, off of the album I, Monarch. This is Hate Eternal with Behold Judas.
That was Hate Eternal with Behold Judas. Um, there's some really excellent videos on YouTube of Derek Roddy in the studio whenever they were recording this album. Just some drum cam type stuff uh, of him in the drum room there. And it's including this song that we just heard, but there's a handful of songs off of this uh, album that they have those videos on YouTube. But it's just ridiculous because he looks beyond calm and composed and just totally relaxed while he's drumming that you know it's just insanity that you're hearing but he's just so under control and calm and composed it's really uh something to see uh all right we're jumping to poland here band that formed as kids essentially back in 96 i'm sure you know where i'm going here that band is decapitated and when they formed uh a couple of the members were 16. The drummer, Vitek, was 12 when they formed in 96. So, yeah, he was uh, he was young. Very, very young. And um, they actually released a compilation of their demos. They had two or three demos. And they released this compilation back in 2000 on a smaller label. It was called Metal Mind Productions. And it's pretty hard to come by. Um, but this album just got re-released um, just a week or two ago, maybe uh, maybe two weeks ago. But yeah, it just got re-released uh, through a major label, through Nuclear Blast. So now uh, this is a lot more widely available for people to, uh, to check out. So I think it's on Spotify as well. Um, but yeah, as I said, they had a few demos and they've done seven albums now up to this point. Um, they are working on or maybe have already finished they might be mixing their most recent one which will be their first with james stewart from vader on drums he's joined decapitated as a permanent member he was filling in with some live stuff for them for a while there and, and i guess they've developed a pretty good rapport so he's going to be their new drummer i have no doubt the drumming will be great but honestly i have not enjoyed the last two decapitated records at all i wish they would get rid of that singer but it seems like they never will but um what are you going to do but anyways this compilation is uh awesome because it's just kind of raw but you can still hear everything nice and clear but it's just this nice you know time stamp of where they were back then uh just kids finding their sound and uh, even as young as he was the drumming is excellent on it and it's just fun to hear that lineup you know um, performing these these old songs and some of which ended up on their debut including uh including this one i'm about to play so uh, the compilation is called The First Damned, and um, I'm going to play something, as I said, it's a compilation of all their demos, but I'm going to play something that's off of their Eye of Horus demo, which I think was from maybe early 98, probably this might be the last demo they did before they recorded their debut. But uh, yes, this song is called Blessed, or Blessed, you know, <laughs> you can pronounce it either way. It's like the second Morbid Angel record. I've always said, blessed are the sick. I've never really heard anybody say, blessed are the sick. So yeah, I don't know. I always say blessed, but whatever. Anyways, off of the first damned compilation, this is Decapitated with Blessed. <laughs> Heavy, 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 heavy
Midnight. That was decapitated with the song Blessed off of their Eye of Horus demo, which uh, can be heard on the first Damned compilation, which has just recently been re-released through Nuclear Blast. So check that out. All right, we're going to Germany here. This bin has been around since 94, a favorite of mine and a few of my good friends. The band is Swedakra, and they've released 15 records now, and they um, they just released their newest one called Wolfbite on June 25th of this year through MDD Records, which I've never even heard of that label. I thought they were on a bigger label like Century Media or something like that, but maybe they ended up getting dropped. And it starts to make sense now because I didn't see like any press for this album. I saw like no advertising for it whatsoever and it was just kind of a surprise to me that it just kind of showed up on my like Spotify the little release radar, you know, playlist that they kind of come up with for you to show new things that are coming out that might suit your taste, you know. So I saw a single like before the album itself was out. I saw a single from Sudakra from this album and I was just like, "Wait, what? They have a new album coming out? I've heard nothing about this." And it's really good, because their last couple have really not been great. And, I mean, maybe that's why they got dropped from whatever label they were on, because they, they were just kind of underperforming. Because they were kind of flying high there for a little while. Um, but yeah, they just, I don't know, they hadn't been that great uh, as of late. But this new album is actually very good. And I've been listening to it a lot since it's come out on June 25th. But yeah, there's one track in particular that both me and uh, and Justin, also from Krigsgrav, my bandmate and buddy, um, he's kind of like me, where he's just like, I, he used to love Swedakra, a lot of their older stuff and, and mid-era stuff, but then they kind of lost him, and that's kind of how it was with me. But we agreed that this particular song really had the vibes of old Swedakra, and um, I agree. So yeah, that's the one I'm going to play today. Uh, if you haven't heard this record or ha didn't know they released one, kind of like me, <laughs> it's out there. It's on Spotify. You can check it out. And if you like it, just go buy the thing. That's what I did. I'm still waiting on it to arrive, but I have purchased it because it's good. Uh, all right. So off of their 15th record, Wolf Bite, this is Swedakra with Resurgence.
right, there we have it. That was Swedakra from Germany with Resurgence. Yeah, that record is is a fun listen for me because it really kind of makes me think of, of good times with, uh, with my friends, you know, when we've been on trips and things like that and we're cruising around in our rental car in whatever state or city we're in and just, you know, listening to some good tunes off of my iPod back then. <laughs> That's, you know... That tells you how long ago that was. Hook up the iPod with the old auxiliary cable and start playing some tunes. Uh, All right, we are jumping to the USA again out of California, originally from Los Angeles before moving up to the Bay Area along with everybody else. Formed in 83, the band is Megadeth. And, you know, one could talk a lot of shit about Megadeth and about Dave Mustaine in particular. Uh, I could go on about that all night, but the fact remains that the band has produced some damn good metal over the years. Um, I recently watched a documentary called Murder in the Front Row. I think it came out a few years ago, maybe 2018, 2019. But it's a really comprehensive like documentary about that Bay Area thrash scene in its infancy, and they interview t- all the big the big guns from the scene. Um, I've seen documentaries in the past where they just kind of interview some people from like smaller bands in the scene or people that were fans that attended shows back then and getting their perspective on it. But this is full blown like interviewing all the members of Exodus and Metallica and Megadeth and Death Angel and. All these, you know, the Slayer guys, like all the Bay Area thrash bands and just having them talk about the scene back then. And it was very nostalgic, not that I was around back then or anything, but that's the, that's really the metal that I got into first, um, was, you know, in high school, that's all I listened to was Metallica and Megadeth and then branched out into Testament and Exodus and Destruction and all these other, you know, thrash bands from there, but, um... But yeah, it was a really fun watch, and it just kind of made me want to listen to some of those old records again. So lately, I've been listening to a lot of those classics. So I'm going to play something off of Megadeth's debut. Obviously, the second record, Peace Sells But Who's Buying, gets a lot more um, attention because it had a, a more crisp and clear production. The songs were maybe a little less chaotic, a little more thought out, but I kind of like just the rawness um, of the debut, and um, the original recording is is perhaps a, a tiny bit too rough, but they did do a remaster of it, so you still kind of get the rawness of just the actual recording itself, but it's been polished up just enough with the remaster to make it, uh, you know, uh, just a better overall product, I think, so. Uh, but this album originally came out in June of 85, and it, of course, was their debut. They now have 15 records working on number 16, Uh, This came out through Combat Records, so this is before they made the switch over to Capital. And they stayed on Capital for quite a long time. But uh, this one has always been a favorite of mine off of this debut, and uh, it's kind of a fan favorite as well. They don't really play it live much anymore, but I've noticed that ever since they've gotten Dirk Verburen on drums that they've been kind of uh, embracing a lot of their really old material again because his style is so similar to Gar Samuelson's. Um, that he can play those old songs with that same kind of flair that Gar had. So I think they've noticed that and they're embracing that more. So maybe we'll hear this song uh, live in the future here. So off of Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good, this is Megadeth with The Skull Beneath the Skin.
Night, always a classic. That was Megadeth with the skull beneath the skin. And I am sweating to death right now. I have a fan pointed right at me, which I try not to do when I'm recording this because um, I, I don't want you to hear the fan like as white noise in the background. But I don't care tonight. I'm hot. I don't even have a fever. Well, not right now anyways. I did yesterday, but yeah, no fever, but I'm just sweating my ass off all day, all day and all night. Time for another shower. Um, all right, well, I've been yakking way too much in between these tunes, so I'll try to keep this uh, intro a bit shorter. Uh, we're jumping, well, we're still in the USA here, jumping to Seattle, Washington. This band's been around since 2016. They've released a couple of albums. Their second album just came out on June 25th. That band is Cerebral Rot, and they are an excellent, just filthy, filthy death metal band. <laughs> so it's right up my alley. It definitely fits into that that kind of lo-fi, um, more primitive style that I like. But uh, they just released their second album called Excretion of Mortality through 20 Buck Spin. And I have been enjoying it. I've listened to it maybe three times now all the way through, and I really dig it. I liked their debut as well. Um... But yeah, I didn't even know this one was coming out until I checked. I oftentimes will get on the Metal Archives page and just kind of check like what albums are coming up, you know, within the next week or two. And I just saw them listed there for having an album coming out, you know, the following week. And I was like, oh shit, had no idea. So, um, but yeah, it's really good. If you haven't uh, checked it out or if you didn't know that they released a new one, uh, it's out there. So uh, be sure to check it out. So anyways, off of their second record, Excretion of Mortality, this is Cerebral Rot with Retching Innards. Great title. <laughs>
All right, that was Cerebral Rot from Seattle with Retching Innards. Great tune and a really solid record. Uh, We're jumping back to California here, out of L.A., or, you know, the L.A. area, at least. Um, This band has been around since 2017. It's kind of a side project of sorts. Um, Started by Matt Harvey from Exhumed, who's also from uh, the band Gruesome. Um, this band is called Pounder, and Pounder is more of a like more traditional heavy metal, kind of 80s metal sounding band that he started, and uh, he does guitars and vocals, and honestly, the, the vocals are kind of the weakest part. Like, he's good at, you know, growling and screaming and, and singing for Exhumed and such, but uh, he's not awful. He can carry a tune, you know, in this band, but um, if, if, if I had to pick a weak link, I guess, it would be the vocals, but, um, but the songs are solid guitar work is great and it just has that kind of retro 80s vibe um they just released their second record this past january uh called breaking the world that came out through shadow kingdom records and um yeah everything right down to the artwork just looks very like new wave of british heavy metal kind of vibe to it and uh, i think even on the exhumed uh web shop they sell pounder merchandise as well i see their shirts on there all the time but uh the record's pretty solid like i said guitar work is fantastic um the vocals are just kind of meh they're okay but it's pretty solid so uh just for those of you that have not heard this side of matt harvey i'm giving you a chance right now so off of the album breaking the world this is pounder with never forever
right, there you have it. That's the other side of Matt Harvey. That was Pounder with Never Forever. So like I said, you know, the vocals aren't bad, but it's definitely kind of the weakest part of their sound, I think. But who knows, maybe some people will prefer his kind of more low, gravelly delivery as opposed to somebody who's doing the real soaring high stuff that's been kind of done to death. So who knows, maybe his vocals are kind of a refreshing change in that regard. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, we're jumping to Sweden here. This band's been around since 2014. Um, the man who is kind of the namesake of the band, he was actually the bass player for Dark Funeral from 2011 to 2014. And it seems that whenever he uh, parted ways with Dark Funeral, he went ahead and started this band. The band is called Zornheim. And uh, for those of you who might not remember him in Dark Funeral, he was kind of a tall, skinny guy with blonde, long blonde hair and a long blonde beard. Um... He may have been in one of their music videos, too. Um, can't remember, but... But, yeah, he was in there briefly. But, uh, yeah, he started this band, and it's kind of melodic black metal, but it has a really um, pristine production, very modern production. It's something that's not necessarily groundbreaking, and I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, something that's widely talked about <laughs> or anything like that. But it's still pretty solid, and I'm a big fan, as we just heard with Pounder. I'm a big fan of, like, following the, the, the trail, you know. I'll look at a band, and I'll see a former member, and see what band is that former member in now. And I'll check that band out, and if it's decent, I'll keep that in mind. Or, you know, I, I like to kind of go down the rabbit hole like that and see, oh, they've had this person doing live guitars for them. What's that person's main band? I want to check that out, you know. Because I do get asked how do I go about looking for and finding music for these episodes? And a lot of times it's stuff like that, right? I just kind of fall down a rabbit hole of people's side projects and stuff like that. But yes, I'm going to play something off of their debut. I believe it's their only full length up to this point. Uh, came out in 2017. It's called Where Hatred Dwells and Darkness Reigns, and that came out through Non-Servium Records. This is Zornheim from Sweden with Trifecta of Horrors. Yeah. 
go that was zornheim from sweden with trifecta of horrors if nothing else i give them credit for doing something a little different it's still very much rooted in black metal but um you know even the symphonic elements are not it's not a full orchestra but it's also not just cheesy keyboards either they kind of have a mixture of different sounds it's not just strings they kind of use like drums and horns and stuff in there in certain spots it's a little different 
Uh, I think the use of clean vocals uh, within this song especially does well to kind of break things up a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a little different than your run-of-the-mill black metal stuff, but, um, but yeah, I'm not sure how much I'll be going back to that album or not, but it's not bad, it's not bad. Um, Alright, we're going to go to Brazil and probably the biggest metal export they have ever had. That would be Sepultura, formed in 84. And I'm going to play something off of their uh, third record and, and probably their most well-known, which is Beneath the Remains. That came out in April of 89 through Road Racer Records, which is a subdivision of Road Runner Records. I think it's for the North America um, side of things, back then at least. Uh, it, they had to distinguish between the European side and the North American side. So, uh, so this was Road Racer Records. But yeah, I think um, of that older era, I would say that Arise is probably my favorite, which is their fourth album, the one that came after this. But Beneath the Remains was where they were clearly starting to refine their songwriting skills, and it still retained the you know savagery of the earlier albums as well. Um, so it was just kind of chaotic and, and savage enough, but it had a better production and the songs were just better arranged. They were just better put together and this was really where you could see that they were on their way to being something special for sure. Um, also the second record with Andreas Kisser on guitar. He wasn't on the debut, but he was there ever since. I think he joined in 87 and he's still going. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick a, a favorite off of this record because they're all so good. It's kind of how it is with Arise as well. They all kind of have their own identity and they're memorable in their own right. Um, but this one I've always really enjoyed. So I'm going to play. They actually did a remaster of this. I can't remember what year they did a remaster of this record, but uh, I think the remaster sounds great. So I'm going to play the remastered version here. Uh, so off of the album Beneath the Remains, this is Sepultura with Mass Hypnosis.
All right. That was Sepultura with Mass Hypnosis. I think that remaster sounds so good. Um, and yes, I do not fall into the camp of like, well, I'm, I'm only into the Cavalera era, era, you know, or I'm only into the newer stuff. Really, I'm just into their heavy stuff, like their, their thrashy stuff, I should say, because it really didn't matter. Like, I hate Roots. I think Roots sucks. And, um, you know, if, if you want to applaud it for its creativity at the time, I, I guess... But I think it sucks, and uh, I don't get why that's hailed as such a classic. And really, their whole middle period of just this new metal nonsense, I, I did not like at all. And um, But they've kind of come back around to thrashier stuff while still being super creative. And I really like the last maybe four uh, records that they've done. And uh, I think that they're really back on track. And their last album to me is, is fantastic. It's among the best thing they've ever done. But I also love, like I hate, I don't like the debut either. And a lot of people love the debut, but to me, it's just not a good record. But um, but yeah, I like a lot of the early stuff. As I said, Arise uh, is probably my favorite record of theirs and one of my favorite thrash albums of all time, I'd say. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take the bait and, you know, choose a side, so to speak. But I will just say that that whole middle period, which did start when Max was still there, and then carried on uh, for a few albums after they got Derek in the band where they were all just kind of in this new metal mode. Uh, I hate that era. <laughs> so, But I have no problem whatsoever with Derek Green. I think he sounds great, and I think he's been a really like loyal member of that band and put in a lot of work for a lot of years. He deserves respect. All right. We're going to New York here. It's my home state. We're going to Glen Falls, though, which you don't typically see a lot of metal bands coming out of Glen Falls. This band's been around since 92, and they fall on the brutal side, man. Get that fucking circle pit going, bro. You meatheads. All right, this band is one that I have really not paid a ton of attention to because their stuff just really isn't that memorable to me. But every now and again, it's not often, but every now and again, I'm in the mood for some brutal stuff. And I'll start listening to, you know, this band, which would be Skinless. Or, you know, Dying Fetus or something like that, or Napalm Death. It doesn't happen often these days, but every now and again I'm just like, you know what, I just want to listen to some, some pummeling, brutal death metal. And uh, this band is definitely that. So I'm going to play something off of their second record. They have six up to this point. Uh, which really isn't a lot, considering that they've been around since 92, but I think they did have a significant uh, chunk of time where they weren't doing anything. Um, I want to say maybe it was from like 2005 to like 2012 or something that they are 2013 that they just didn't do anything. So that might explain it. But um, but yeah, I'm going to play something off of the second record called Foreshadowing Our Demise that came out in April of 2001 through Relapse Records. And like I said, it's, you know, to me, they're not the most memorable songs in the world, but it's just some good, straightforward, pummeling, brutal death metal. So why the hell not? This feels like a good time for it. So here we go. Off of foreshadowing our demise, this is Skinless with The Optimist. Life sucks and then you die.
There we have it. That was Skinless from New York with The Optimist. Not bad, not bad, but, you know, they're not my favorite either. But it's just a band that a lot of people are into. I haven't played them on the show before, so figured why not? Now's the time. Uh, All right, we're jumping back to the USA here. This band has been around since 83, but it's been kind of on again, off again. They existed from 83 to 95. And then they broke up, and then they reformed three years later, and they were around from 98 to 2009. And then they broke up again and swore that they were done, and that's the end of that. And then they reformed in 2012, and they're still going strong. That band is Metal Church. I really like Metal Church. What made me check them out was um, I knew the stories of Metallica's guitar tech, John Marshall, filling in for James whenever he had like the first time he did it was when he broke his arm back in like 86 in like a skateboarding accident or something like that so he was filling in uh playing guitar and uh while James sang like with his arm in a cast or something like that and um the next time he filled in was after James had the pyrotechnics accident in Canada I think it was um maybe Montreal or something like that and he got all burned up and stuff, and uh, and John Marshall filled in on guitar again for them because he was still their tech at the time. But at the same time, I knew that he, you know, in addition to being the guitar tech for Metallica, he was also a member of Metal Church uh, in the late 80s. So that's what prompted me to check them out in the first place, and then I kind of dove into their discography from there. Uh, I'm going to play something off of their second record. They have 12 now. Uh, second record's called The Dark, and that came out in October of 86 through Elektra Records. Um, John Marshall is not on this record. Um, this record was uh, the second one to feature this vocalist. Their original vocalist was on the first two, and then he left or was fired, I'm not really sure. But then he came back for another album in like 2000, I want to say, um, before passing away. His name is David Wayne very distinct voice, kind of a gravelly voice. Um, He ended up dying of gangrene, which is a really messed up way to go. He had a car accident of some sort, a bad car accident, and he sustained some bad, you know, lacerations and such. And I guess he just didn't take care of the wounds, didn't keep them clean, and they were getting real infected and real swollen, and people were telling him, you gotta go get that taken care of, and he just kind of didn't do it. And whenever you let gangrene get bad enough, then it can basically kind of get into your your bloodstream, pretty much. If I if I remember right, you know, and 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 stop your heart, basically. So, yeah, the infection in his legs is ultimately what killed him, and they just kind of found him dead one day, which is a real shame. But um, but yeah, these albums, these early albums, were very influential on a lot of other bands. Um, he, as I said, had a very distinct voice. And they're great records. They never really got the notoriety that a lot of other bands did uh, in the 80s, but um, they kind of got more, better respected as years went by. So, with all that being said, off of the second album, The Dark, this is Metal Church with Over My Dead Body.
right, that was Metal Church with Over My Dead Body off of their second album, The Dark. Yeah, David Wayne was a special singer, very distinct voice. He still had some, that gravelly touch, but still had some good range there. And his uh, successor, Mike Howe, kind of had a similar style as well. He kind of had that gravelly, uh, almost quiet riot type voice. And he's actually now back in the band. He replaced David Wayne and was there from like 87 to maybe 90, well, probably 95, I guess, whenever they disbanded that first time. And uh, did three albums, I believe, with them. And then he's returned um, a handful of years ago, maybe six, seven years ago. And uh, they've done two more albums with him now, and he sounds fantastic. It sounds like no time has passed whatsoever. He sounds as good as he did back in the 80s, so it's pretty awesome to hear. Um, All right, USA. A lot of USA on this episode. Back to Florida. This band existed from 83 to 84 as Mantis, which had Cam Lee, I believe, from Massacre on vocals, and then Rick Ross and uh, Chuck Schuldiner on guitar and then in 84 is when uh, the name changed to death and of course they existed from 84 to 2001 up until Chuck's passing but yes what I mean I don't even need to explain what death you know means to the extreme metal community Um, every album was different from the one before it and uh, every album seemed to just build on these melodic elements and more complex song structure and it was just building, building, building. He never stagnated. And uh, I'm going to play one. You know, the first album was very primitive, and I love it. I love all of them. Um, Leprosy, same thing, very primitive, but uh, just getting more catchy with the songs. But by the time they reached this third album, Spiritual Healing, you could tell that they kind of needed more flexibility um, from a guitar standpoint. So they retained the same um, rhythm section with Bill Andrews on drums and Terry Butler on bass. But uh, Rick Ross was out on guitar because he was there for the previous album, Leprosy. And he was replaced with James Murphy, who was a much more um, technical and melodic, you know, guitar player. His solos were excellent, and it was just kind of the right piece for the puzzle at that time. It was what they needed in order to move forward from that sound that they had on Leprosy. Uh, So yeah, the result was the album Spiritual Healing from 1990. Again, that was their third record out of seven total. Uh, That came out through Combat Records, and it's a great album. It's still one of my favorites of theirs. I listen to it all the time. And uh, yeah, in fact, I was listening to it earlier this week, and it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, I don't think I've played anything off of this record on the show before, so I decided uh, that I would throw it in there. But This one, even though the riff itself is super simple, it's really catchy, the chorus to this song. Um, So it's, it's one of my favorites off of the record. So here we go, off of the third album, Spiritual Healing. This is Death with Genetic Reconstruction. Science 
That is a good one. I love that song. Um, you, you hear what I mean, though? Like that chorus, so simple and uh, just so catchy as well. Um, all right. And I may have mentioned this before, but if you go on YouTube and you look up Symbolic Death Tribute Band, there's there's this band from Canada. I'm not sure where in Canada, but um, it's a death tribute band. And the guy sounds just like probably mid-era Chuck. Uh, maybe like individual thought patterns kind of Chuck voice. Um, but they're playing this like sold out theater like it's packed to the gills with people and they're playing these death songs like exact just perfect and the production of this dvd is crystal clear because they it's a dvd it's a full-blown dvd that they recorded and released and so it's high quality and it's on youtube but they have special guests uh, I guess Nicholas Barker is like a huge Gene Hoagland fan, and he's just learned all these death songs uh, that Gene, you know, played on the albums, and he's learned them all, you know, by heart. So they had Nicholas Barker come out there and do a few songs on drums, but they had like Shannon Ham and Scott uh, Clendenin from the um, um, Sound of Perseverance era come out there as guests for a couple of songs. They had uh, Bobby Col. Uh, what's his name? Colby? Colby, yeah. So they had him come out. He played lead guitar on the Symbolic album. So he comes out for a handful of songs, just kind of contributing. So they have like three guitarists out there um, while he's playing for these few songs off of Symbolic. And it's awesome, just not only because you have the, the former, like the actual former members of Death coming out there, but just the, the tribute band themselves. They do such an excellent job and they cover some songs that uh, that Death themselves didn't really play live all that often. So they, they play, I think, the title track from Spiritual Healing, and uh, they just do a great job. So yeah, if you're interested in that, if you're a fan of Death, I, I suggest you check that out on YouTube. Again, that band is called Symbolic, the tribute band. Um, but last I checked, that full DVD is out there on YouTube. Uh, all right, we're jumping to S uh, Norway here. Not Sweden yet. That's the last song. We're jumping to Norway. This is a band I have played on a couple of occasions called Nifrost from Norway. They formed in 05, and um, I was a big fan of their debut. They had released it, self-released, and I really liked it, and they ended up getting signed and, and kind of re-releasing that debut through the label. And then they went to a different label and released their second record in 2019, and uh, they've been kind of teasing some singles very early in the year this year, um, so it took, you know, several months uh, between them releasing those first singles before the album finally fully dropped. And that album, called Orca, um, came out on June 25th of this year. So it's very recent, just came out through Dusk Tone Records. And uh, it's very good. It was worth the wait. And they've been improving with each record. Um, they get a little more just confident sounding confident in their sound and their style and they're just kind of expanding upon it you know slowly but surely with each release and making it uh, f sound fresh they're not copying exactly what they did on the second record and it's good I've, I've been enjoying it I've only given it one full listen all the way through um, I've already heard you know these singles that were released earlier this year I've heard them several times but as far as the full album I've only heard it once all the way through but I did like it a lot I need to give it another spin but yes, here we go off of their third record, Orca. This is Nifrost with Eit Siste Inche.
which means um, uh, a last resort.
There we go. That was Nifrost from Norway with Eit Siste Inche. Really great, epic stuff. Um, they just keep improving, like I said, from album to album. They just keep getting better. Um, okay. It's time. It's time to announce the final song of the episode. Thank you for bearing with me here. I've had to kind of clear my throat maybe a little more than normal. Voice is starting to get a little worn out. Sweating to death <laughs> while recording this. But uh, I made it. I made it to the end here. Thank you very much for listening, of course. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. If you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app, which is very easy to use. And the entire catalog of episodes is also on Spotify, so you can find the podcast and follow it there. Uh, any sort of requests, feedback, you know, anything you want to tell me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates or just news about future episodes or questions, poll questions for you guys, the audience, it's all going to be posted there. So find it on Facebook and follow it. And um, yeah, we're creeping ever closer to the 100th episode. I might throw a poll question out there sometime soon just to see what you guys think I should do for episode 100. Um, but yeah, until then, I don't think I'm going to do any themed stuff uh, between now and episode 100. It's just going to be normal episodes. And I expect to have uh, the next episode out there in two weeks. So until then, we're going to jump to Sweden here. This band has been around since 91. They are a favorite of mine. Their career has been kind of all over the place with their sound. They're definitely not afraid to experiment with their sound. That band is Dark Tranquility, and them, along with, you know, In Flames and uh, At The Gates, really kind of defined that Gothenburg melodic death metal sound of the, of the early to mid-90s. And um, when it comes to Dark Tranquility, a fan-favorite album of theirs seems to be their second record called The Gallery. So that's what I'm going to play, uh, something off of that record. It came out in November of 95, and it's their second record of 12 that they have now. And uh, this came out through Osmos Productions, which I didn't even realize they were on Osmos uh, back then, but it seems they were. But this is the first record that had Michael Stahn doing vocals. Um, when the band formed, he was just a guitar player, and uh, Anders Frieden was doing vocals. And uh, ironically, they kind of did a little swap there, because when In Flames started... Michael Stahn did vocals on their debut album called Lunar Strain, I think it was called. And uh, so he did the vocals on that. And Anders Frieden did vocals on Dark Tranquility's debut album, which was called Sky Dancer, uh, before he ultimately left so he could focus on In Flames. But after he left, uh, Michael just switched to being exclusively a vocalist, and that's where he's been ever since. But, um, but yeah, this is a huge step up from the debut. The debut wasn't bad at all. But uh, yeah, the guitar work and the, just the songs. The songs are fantastic on this record. The production's really good. And uh, Michael's vocals are excellent as well. This was a huge step up for the band, um, just in the quality of the material and recognition. This kind of put them in the spotlight a bit more. Um, but yeah, this is a great record that I recently revisited and just decided that this would be a great uh, closer. I don't always have to have a 13 minute long song as my closer, so this one's a little more reasonable. <laughs> so I'll see you guys in two weeks with a new episode. Um, until then, 
turn it up and enjoy cheers everybody off of the gallery this is dark tranquility with eden spring I'm a big boy, 